You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Warning. Klingon tractor beam engaged. Captain Lorca was captured. We will find him. Where are we? A Klingon prison vessel. Prepare to jump. I don't know how much more the creature can sustain. I gave you an order. You seek glory. But glory must be earned through sacrifice. Stick with me. I'm a survivor just like you. It's a brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It is Anthony Lewis along with Aurora Bubaloo, the our our chief science officer. You're you're like now in command because I am the fleet admiral is not here. Yes. Uh apparently <laughs> here in the uh the twenty third century, there's still jet lag. Apparently. <laughs> I figured there'd be a way to, to to compensate for that, but I mean, you 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 can't you can't teleport. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben Ben is recovering from his uh, his trip to New York City, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it'll just be you and I this week. Yes. Uh, and since I am the chief petty officer, I'm just the I, I'm <laughs> I'm literally I'm just sitting in the transporter room, uh, shuffling people from place to place. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only Ben had remembered that, I could have yeah. just transported him back home uh, Mm -hmm. to Manchester, but no. Uh, So yeah, we are here to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Season 1, it is episode 5, it's called Choose Your Pain, and there are a lot of interesting things that happen in this episode. Mm -hmm. And one major piece of fan theory that quickly became fan fact, mostly, I came out of this episode as well, uh, and w- I'm probably going to be discussing this, so if you don't want to know about it, spoiler alert, and you'll hear about it probably after um, we run down the episode, but uh, let's talk about what happened. So, after a month of successful operations, Captain Gabriel Lorca is ordered to protect the spore drive until it can be replicated on other Starfleet ships. As he returns to the Discovery from a meeting on a starbase, Lorca is taken captive by Klingons. Burnham has grown concerned with the toll that the drive has taken on the Ripper, the Tardigrade, or Water Bear, if you will, <laughs> uh, along with uh, along with Paul Stamets' partner, Medical Officer Hugh Colbert. Burnham convinces Stamets to find an alternative to run the drive. Lorca is imprisoned with captured Starfleet officer. Ash Tyler, who was captured at the Battle of the Binary Stars, and human criminal Harcourt Fenton Mud, <laughs> uh, and is in discussions. Uh, and in discussions, Lorca reveals that he killed his entire crew 
during an earlier battle to spare them from the Klingons' torture, but he himself escaped. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a dick this guy is. Uh, Lorca <laughs> is tortured by Lorel, our friend Lorel, who it turns out is in command of this ship. Uh, and she wants the secrets behind Discovery's new form of travel, but Lorca and Tyler escape before the Klingons can learn anything. For the final jump needed to escape the Klingons, with Lorca and Tyler on board, Stamets connects himself to the spore drive using the tardig- tardigrade DNA, injecting it into himself, and apparently this allows him to momentarily operate the spore drive. Uh, this allows them to get to where they need to get to and to rescue Lorca. Later, Burnham frees the Ripper while Stamets reflection... Uh, oh, this, <laughs> the sentence is worded so weirdly. Uh, they end up freeing the tardigrade and... Afterwards, Stamets and Colbert have a discussion over teeth brushing. Mm-hmm. And when Stamets walks away, his reflection does not walk away from the mirror when he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, craziness abound. What did you think of Choose Your Pain, Aurora? That I, that I have to say that that was a nice touch. The way that they yes. ended the episode, I like that. Especially a lot. if that's a tease for like the mirror universe, which they yes. have talked about doing. So yes, yes. Um, but I have to be honest, I I was emotional in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost cried about the the tardigrade stuff. Yes, it felt. I I will say this. This felt like the most Star Trek episode of this show. Agreed. So far. Yes. Um, yeah, when he, when the creature lost all the water mm-hmm. and just became like this little like cocoon. Shrunk up in like a little ball. Yeah. yeah. I was, I got so emotional. I was like, oh my God, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting emotionally invested in this creature. Yes. <laughs> Which is, kind of like start you know it's a star trek thing you get emotionally invested with mm-hmm. you know fictional fictional aliens yeah there are so many star trek moments in this so uh Lorca is captured yes and saru is left in charge and he kind of does this whole um he's kind of doubting himself mm-hmm. um he's not sure he's put into this i mean he has this conversation with burnham where he's sort of mad at Burnham for um, Captain Giorgio's death and that he never really got a chance to be in the position that he's in or learn from her. or uh, And now he's thrust into this position of of being the captain. And we sort of see like his growth or his worries about taking command. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great little uh, Easter egg moment. Uh, if you're even like remotely familiar with um, Star Trek, he asked the computer for like a list of notable, um, you know, or con- historically considered great captains throughout the history of the Federation, and they list, um, you know, they list Jonathan Archer and Robert April, who is the original captain of the Enterprise in the animated series. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's Matt Decker, who uh, isn't a captain by the time the Doomsday Machine episode in the original series happens, but he was a ca- he was a Commodore in that episode. But he was previously a captain. Christopher Pike is uh, mentioned as well. So there's 
lots of uh and Captain Giorgio was also on that list. I guess she was posthumous, mm-hmm. posthumously yeah. added to that list. But um yeah, he was like, you know, what are all the traits these have in common? He wants the computer to like monitor his actions and sort of like judge him compared to these things. And by the end of the episode, he doesn't want the computer's report. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I know, he's like, I know what I did. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, so there was uh there was that. Uh, there was the bit where uh, you've got. I mean, the whole the whole thing with the tardigrade. I mean, that was all. I mean, that was pretty classic Star Trek stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they decide to ultimately um, let it go. Uh, so that that's all in there. And then, of course, there was a moment so Star Trekky in this episode that it actually caused one of the crew members to say "fuck." It was, <laughs> they were so astonished that they managed to do a really Star Trek thing. It was said twice, explained. actually. Twice. It was. It was. Yeah. They were. It was Stamets and Tilly and Burnham, and they were doing the sciency stuff about the tardigrade and sort of like learning that you could, uh, you know, with a compatible species, you don't you don't necessarily have to have a tardigrade. You could have a because they they're very they come to the realization that the tardigrade is not. Um particularly a willing participant and it's also hurting them and like you, you need to find a way to to make this drive work with somebody who understands the risks and what they're doing and stuff and once they realize that they're like oh my god we figured out something in a star trek fashion yep they went this is so fucking cool and i'm like yeah i know star trek is fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> is <laughs> this you... the first time that that word has been said in the star trek universe Absolutely like in the star trek it is yes yeah okay yeah, yeah. the closest um there have been rare in the prime timeline data once said shit in I believe the generations <laughs> movie, which was really strange when that happened. Uh, of course, there was like some swearing in Star Trek Four when they time traveled back to the eighties. Right. Everybody remembers stuff like double dumbass. Yes, and, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, and they shit has also shown up in the JJ movies. It's happened a few times when Leonard Nimoy says to Chris Pine's Kirk, "I'm Spock." He says, bullshit. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I believe Spock in Star Trek Beyond says horseshit, but nobody has actually said fuck. Yeah, I, was... I heard it. I was like, I don't think that this is, has been ever been said in Star no. Trek. <laughs> and it was, I'll admit, it was weird. Right. It's weird yeah. for me. Uh, and and this is not this is not coming from like a fuddy duddy curmudgeonly old man like me, uh, even though I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a young man anymore, but it's not like I have not dropped F-bombs. I do regularly, sometimes uh, unwittingly, in front of <laughs> kids when I'm not thinking about it. It does happen. So it's not like I do not use the word. I do use the word a lot. It's just, as I've t- as I've told, uh, I've talked to other people in conversations I've had with them about this, Star Trek has had like 700 hours of TV Mm-hmm. And when you don't hear them say words like that, it's just yeah. it becomes part of the fabric of the universe. So it's just weird to then all of a sudden hear them say it. Yeah. Um, it's like in Battlestar Galactica, you just get used to frack. Everybody says but, frack. So it just do you think that um, there was a. Do you think that they did it just because they could get away with it because it's not on TV, it's just online? This or is, do you think. This is my feeling. I feel yeah. like. I feel like Star Trek has gone 700 hours of TV without saying it. 
Yeah. There's probably other ways you could have, you know, gone about showing Tilly's excitement about it. But I feel like this was like, you know, we got to earn that TVMA that we told them we wanted. So dropping two F-bombs, you know, I think dropping two F-bombs can, like, that puts you on, like, the edge of an R, I think, in, like, movies and stuff. I think so, yeah. I think there's actually a literal like a count like you can't go above it or you'll get an r rating Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, which is silly but um you know so i don't have like i don't have a problem with the word in general or anything like that or using it in casual conversation it just felt weird in star trek because it just doesn't feel like it's part of the language that they use there it's Mm -hmm. uh, it was just strange but um i did find it funny that it happened at that moment because like I said, it seemed more like they were just excited that they did a Star Trek thing. Mm-hmm, couldn't mm-hmm. believe that they were Star Trekky for a moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts on the episode? There's. Uh, what about Rain Wilson's Harry Mud? Because I've seen some weird takes on it. Like I feel like the audience is a little torn. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was great. I liked his character. I think. Maybe my perception was that I would that I don't know. I thought he was gonna be a different character. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like uh, I wasn't expecting that it was gonna be that character. Yeah. So maybe that's why people are upset. That I don't know. Um, I'm sure we're gonna see him again. Yes. But um, but you know the the parts that I, I and maybe it's also that you associate him with other characters in other shows that mm-hmm. are not that dickish <laughs> right right <laughs> so maybe that's why i don't know people are having a hard time seeing him be that person yeah yeah i mean i think people think of harry mudd from the original series and he was usually more of a he was a little more animated and a little more comic reliefy. yeah but clearly that's not the universe they're sort of painting here yeah, it's a more uh, I, dark universe. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I felt like Rain Wilson pulled a lot. Like I saw a lot of like the old Harry Mud and just the ways he was the way he was saying things or just like the words he was saying uh was definitely had that um tinge to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean he was obviously like also a a a darker, a, a less jovial character. Mm-hmm. Granted, he could still become that jovial character. There's like a decade between now and those events, so you know a lot of people can change. And when I when I saw him here, because uh, when they first showed the images, I'm like, boy, he doesn't really look all that much like Mud from the original series. But then watching the show, it's like, yeah, maybe I could kind of see it a little bit. Yeah, we just had a glimpse like, of it. Yeah, yeah like we need ten- to see more. Like ten, like ten years from now, like I could see him kind of looking like that guy, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by and large, uh, I really liked his performance. And in fact, I liked all of that stuff on the on the prison ship. Yeah. But really, the 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 real discussion is <laughs> about the uh, the fan. So, have you seen this uh, this fan theory that is? Taken, it, it really turned. It, it started as a fan theory that turned into basically investigative journalism that turned out to reveal a secret that the show was hiding from people. Okay, which one? So this is about 
who Ash Tyler is. And he is tied into the character of Valk. Oh. So have you heard this? Oh. So spoilers, by the way, for everybody who has not looked into this yet. If you don't want to hear about it, this is... I'm going to say this is probably like a 98% chance certainty that this is going to happen. (laughs) So if you do not want to know, I will forgive you. You can click off now and (laughs) tune in to next week's show. So you've been warned. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Uh, So the theory is that Valk and Ash Tyler are the same person. They... Uh, Ash Tyler is uh, undercover. Valk is undercover as a human being, which is something that has happened in Star Trek before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the Trouble with Tribbles uh, yep. was, I believe, the first time uh, they did that. But this, so the theory, let's just look at the theory from just what the show has given us. So last time we saw Valk, he was with Lorel, right? They were stranded on the Shenzo. Mm-hmm. Now, according to this episode, this takes place three weeks after episode four, so some time has passed. Uh, and if you remember, when they were on the Shenzo, Lorel was telling Valk that, you know, they could, you know, you know, win this on their own or whatever. But she tells Vok that he's going to have to do things he never thought possible or things that he would never imagine doing. And mm-hmm. you know, they'd have to do anything to be able to 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 get this victory for them and to continue with uh, spreading the word of Takuvma. And the next time we see Lorel, she is captaining her she is back captaining her ship, but there is no sight of Vok. Right, right. right. And we are introduced to Ash Tyler, who says that he has been a prisoner on the ship for seven months. But the Battle of Binary Stars was only six months ago. Yes. And... Uh, and you can see that Captain Lorca doesn't... like right. he, he knows something's up with this guy. Yeah. And there is the rumor that Ash Tyler has been taken as kind of... Uh, um that Lorel is kind of smitten with Ash Tyler. There's these talks that she's taken a liking to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, you've then got uh, the scene. So all of this leads you to think that it's Vok, that Lorel isn't really with Ash Tyler because he's Ash Tyler. She's with him because he's really Vok. Uh, and on top of that, you can look at things like, uh, his, uh, so the choose your pain, the episode title, the Klingons will come into the cell every now and again and say, choose your pain. Mm -hmm. And they have to sacrifice one of themselves for a beating on behalf of the Klingons. Mud says they do this to prevent a bonding Mm -hmm. and Tyler uh, even though Mud has been an asshole to them this whole time, instead of having Mud take the beating, Tyler volunteers to take yeah, the beating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then gets into a fight with Lorel when they escape, and Lorel gets hurt. So this would all lead Lorca to think that Tyler is on his side, can be trusted, yeah. and takes Tyler with him. So all of these things make you kind of think that 
Yeah, that seems fairly plausible. But what really seals it is the not on the show stuff. So, uh, the uh, it's killing me right now that I don't remember the name of the actor who uh, plays him. Uh, Shazad Shazad Latif mm-hmm. is playing Ash Tyler. And when he was originally cast on the show, it was announced that he was being cast to play a Klingon. Oh! And then that story sort of disappeared, and they're like, no, he's playing this guy named Ash Tyler. His name has also been in the opening credits. It's like the second or third name in the credits. There we go. And Ash Tyler did not show up until this episode. Yeah. On top of that, Vok who was never listed as part of, like, the main uh, cast of characters in this show, just showed up in the first episode, and it's like, oh my gosh, he's had, like, a prominent role in these first three or four episodes. Uh, But he is only credited once in the credits, and it's under uh, under this different name. And the IMD... This, and this guy, people went and found out that he has an IMDb page, the guy who was credited as playing Valk, although this is his only role, and there are no pictures of him other than in the Valk character makeup. And Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, it's true, yes. <laughs> and then they further found out that the last name of this actor is Shazad Latif's actual last name. Shazad Latif is like a shortened version of his name for you know, stage name purposes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. when they finally got around to asking him questions about this sort of stuff, you know, they asked him like, Hey, is this actor like a, you know, is this guy who plays Vok Is he like a real actor or whatever? And Latif's answer was like, well, yeah, he has an IMDB page was his no. answer no. uh and I mean, this page is like it's fake <laughs> it's clearly fake yeah and there's like uh there's no pictures of this actor with any of the other casting no. crew uh there are pictures of latif with the rest of the cast before his episode was even uh filmed as ash tyler so it's very clear it's super clever what they did to kind of fool people uh, to sort of preserve the twist, but you know, fan any any show with a lot of f- crazy fandom is going to figure out stuff like oh, this, yeah. Yeah. especially Star Trek. Yes, um, I give them so much credit though for trying. It's really clever what they did. Um, on the plus side, there's a there's an upside to this. On the upside, I uh, the crew, the characters in the show, they don't know. So as long as you're still investing yourself in their story and looking at it in their shoes, it'll still be a great moment whenever the reveal is made. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> this sort of stuff just happens. I can't, I can't get over the IMDb page for <laughs> It's just his name, and it's like the one credit. and like it's, It just uh, says, uh, this guy is an actor in Star Trek Discovery. That's the bio. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Never showed up before until just now. <laughs> it's like, how come there's no interviews with this guy in the media yeah. anywhere? He has a prominent role. Yeah, and like clearly... you said, there's only photos of him in Bach makeup. It's not, yes. there's no other photos. There's no all. other photos. <laughs> um, but there's, so there's this talk that uh, 
Burnham and Tyler might or she might fall for Tyler, which is oh. incredibly interesting. Hmm. To, I'm super excited to see where this kind of all goes. Uh they finally kind of captured my attention. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Lorca, on the other hand, though, I, I really like Lorca as a character. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea how this guy is still a captain. <laughs> like, I'm going to spare my crew from Klingon torture, so I'm going to make sure they're all dead. Yeah. But then I'm going to leave myself like a coward. Yeah. He is not a good person. No. He's Captain Lorca. No. Now, somebody, now, somebody told me, like, look, they're at war... And when it comes to being at war, you know, he's good at it. And that's why he's been given a captaincy. Not because he's a good person or he's a particularly good Starfleet captain, but he's a good captain when it comes to this stuff. And that's why know. he's been given a command. Uh, although that's what that's what I've been that's what I've been told. I don't buy that because we've seen I mean, if you've watched throughout you know, the Star Trek uh, mm-hmm. seasons and, you know, every single show, the Federation is pretty strict. Yes. And I've seen, you know, we've seen captains and people uh, um, just be punished by much less, you know, things that <laughs> don't even compare mm-hmm. to what Captain Lorca is, has been doing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, I think something will happen that he's just going to either die or they're going to remove him from the captain position mm-hmm. and Berman is going to be the one that takes it. Uh, so what did you make of the uh, the the oh so controversial scene, Aurora? There, there really wasn't controversial at all. Which one? In fact, yeah, because you're just like, <laughs> what scene? <laughs> we, we, had our, we had our first non-straight couple scene yes. in Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. Where it's, it's just Stamets and Colbert at mm-hmm. the end of the episode, and all they're doing is just brushing teeth together. Yeah, that's it. May, I mean, maybe that's a maybe that's supposed to be like a, there's a hidden meaning there or something that I'm unaware of. But that's all. <laughs> that's all they're doing, and there's no kiss. There's not even like a hug. They just, no. um, you know, he's just like concerned for for Paul. He's he seems like he's being weird actually the thing that was controversial to me was uh that i didn't recognize sooner that colber is played by wilson cruz who was yes. in my so-called life yes <laughs> it's yes. just like that show was like a staple of my teenage yes yes me too yes i i love that show i mean yeah. i mean and i loved pro- his character in that show too I mean, I didn't have a crush on Wilson Cruz. I had a crush on Claire Danes, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that show. Like, yeah. I, I've got the I've got the the DVD set. Like, yep. in my I mean, it's collecting dust at the moment. I haven't watched it in ages, but I've got it. I love that show. It was a mm-hmm. huge part of my teenage dumb. And I, and it wasn't until that scene where I'm like, wait, holy shit, that's Wilson <laughs> Cruz from. My so-called wife. Oh, my God. I didn't even know he was still acting. I noticed the first time I saw him, I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, it took me all the way until, like, the very... And he was in, like, last week's episode, too. Uh, yep. I, I didn't even notice until that moment. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so that was controversial to me. That My brain didn't pick up on that earlier. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, I, I really liked that scene. I there yeah. was a lot to like. I thought there was a lot to like in this episode. Yeah. 
Um, I from the from the name dropping with like Robert April and Jonathan Archer, Christopher mm-hmm. Pike, all that stuff. Uh, to all the sciencey stuff around the sp- figuring out how the spore drive can be used without the water bear. Yeah. To the poor little water bear, uh, like that whole bit. And, and Saru, boy, was he in a tough position this in this um he had the the, the episode. What, what are they called anxiety gills is it the <laughs> thre- threat ganglia threat ganglia i'm gonna Which go is like... anxiety gills <laughs> um, um yeah, yeah. I, love, I love that aspect of his character that you can see when he's under stress because he has yeah that. yeah because it's just like a bit yeah just pop out of his head <laughs> that will be awful if that happened to me i can you, yeah can they, you were, imagine? they will be out all the time could you, yeah, could you yeah all the time like pick i mean not any just like pick an emotion pick like uh you're attracted you find somebody attractive oh or whatever oh my god that will be like awful like every like you but like your hair stands on end so your hair just goes <laughs> it just sticks up in the air like everybody would know exactly what you're feeling this sucks i can't imagine what that would be like <laughs> Like, I don't mind telling people how I feel, but I don't want my body to, like, betray <laughs> my mouth before I have a chance to tell anyone. It already kind of happens. Like, if you get red-faced. Oh, that's true. A little bit. Yeah, kind, you, people get flushed. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. There's people that can control it, but it, it happens. And it's yeah. already embarrassing. So. Yeah. It's like, oh, Aurora's hungry. You can tell because her ears are bleeding again. You know, like, just some weird, like, weird tell. That gives that it away. Like a nightmare. <laughs> that actually does sound awful. <laughs> oh, I have to keep. I have, we have to keep eating, of course, because if we don't, our ears bleed to signify yeah. that we're hungry. <laughs> That's weird. Actually, I don't know where my my brain pulled it from. That's, like that, from that's the next movie. Star Trek episode. <laughs> yeah, that's like a that's like a horror movie episode, though. <laughs> I don't know where my head came, where my head was when I thought of that, but um. Uh, there, there's only one other piece of trivia for this episode, which is that this is the only episode of Star Trek that has Harry Mud in it that doesn't include the word mud in the episode title. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's very much like Q in that regard, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Q had Q in every episode. Um, but yeah, they they didn't have one, so they're, <laughs> they're breaking with tradition, Aurora. I don't know how yeah. I feel about this. Hmm. Uh, is there yeah. any any of the future titles that has mud in it? No, they are so they are they have episode titles all the way up until episode nine, which is the break. November twelfth is the mid season break that they're doing, mm-hmm. and none of the episode titles have the word mud in it. Oh, interesting. Although one episode title is in Latin, so true okay. Star Trek right there. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else you want to uh, add about the episode this week? Any other thoughts or moments that stuck out to you? No, I think I, I like I said, one the the thing that I enjoyed the most was the final scene that uh, got me excited for the next one, which is yeah. you know the opposite of what happened last week, that the week before. Yeah, I was you're... kind of like oh, I don't know about this. This one, uh, I'm I'm interested. Like I want to see what what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and is it a mirror universe episode, or is something happening? Yeah, it's, to, it's yeah. Uh, is is like uh, injecting is Stamets injecting himself with the DNA and then connecting to like the spore hub universe 
thing? Did that do something to him? Is that their way into the mirror universe? Like that could be a new way into it it somehow, I guess. I'm curious to see uh, how they do this. All right. So before we give scores, uh, it's time to thank the sponsors for this week. Think Geek and Aurora. I have found an excellent Star Trek related item. All right. Now, I know you've got uh, some dogs at home. I do. I don't really know if you're much of a cat person. I know I am personally not much of a cat person. Yeah, I I, I can tolerate them. <laughs> I kind of my ideal my ideal dog would be a dog that is as smart as a cat that mm-hmm. I never have to take out. Like it can just use yes. the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because dogs, cats are nice, but they like to chew on wires, and we have a lot of cords. Mm-hmm. in our house and I just don't want to see this happen. Anyway, this is a long way of saying that if there's a, if there's going to be a way that I'll get cats into this house, it is going to be this way with this absolutely ridiculous item, a 2018 Star Trek Cats wall calendar <laughs> which like each month is like a scene from Star Trek but the actors are replaced with cats. Yep, you know what? I actually uh have that. Do you have this? I don't have it. I bought it. For a friend that ah. loves Star Trek and cats. <laughs> this, I mean, this calendar is so cool looking. It's amazing. Um, like, there's like a, a Dr. McCoy cat, and he's got like a yeah. hypo spray, but it's in his mouth since yes. cats don't have opposable thumbs. Um, but there's like scenes, there's like a cat Kirk facing off with a Gorn, and it's like hissing at it. Yep, yep. Oh, there's so many amazing pictures in here. A little cat <laughs> Scotty climbing through a Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> These are all amazing. There's like Spock Cat and Kirk Cat playing 3D chess. Yes. This is so awesome. I kind of really want this. <laughs> uh, they've got a 2018 16-month calendar. Uh, and it's uh, $14.99 at ThinkGeek. Use the link cinemageekly.com slash thinkgeek. Or go to cinemageekly.com and click the Think Geek link at the top of the page to get your 2018 Star Trek Cats wall calendar. I got, yeah, I sort of really want I mean, want hey, this you don't now. need a cat to have it. You can just, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, and this would this would kind of be my way. It's like I do have yeah. a pet cat. It just exists in this calendar. Yes, yes. It's not a real cat. Uh, <laughs> this is this is my way of, of, of having a pet. Yes. Uh, it's as close as I'll come to having a cat, I think. <laughs> Um, so what would you give, uh, choose your pain? I'm going to give it a solid four. Okay. Yep. This, uh, this week is, uh, I think maybe a first for the show. I gave this episode four and a half. Ooh. And I feel like, I don't know. I haven't asked Ben about his thoughts on the episode. We will ask him next week when he's here. Um, I feel like I may have liked it more than everybody on the show, which is, I'm pretty sure, is a change so far. Yeah, because I have I've liked the episode less the uh, the previous four episodes less than everybody else. But mm-hmm. I really like this episode. Like for me, I think this is like the best episode of the series mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, uh, but that's just because, like, like I said, it for me it tapped into that feeling of previous Star Trek. This is like the first episode where it really felt like. It was sort of connected to some of the other stuff for me. Yeah. Uh, which is something I've sort of been waiting for. So I really like this episode. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives 
of the show. Find us on iTunes and Google Play Music, where you can search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, and hit the subscribe button. And we will return next week, hopefully. Uh, ben will return from Sick Bay and mm-hmm. uh, make his way back up to the bridge. Actually, he's really not in Sick Bay. He's just confined to quarters, I think, for uh, <laughs> exhaustion. Uh, we will return next week, uh, hopefully all of us, to discuss Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 6, called Lethe. Thank you.